What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Taylor Talks. Today, I'm joined by a friend that I met on social media. I don't know if he remembers that, but uh, we've become great friends and now work together uh, and become content creators together. And I'm excited to dive into a conversation with Josh Allen. I'll bring him in here. How's it going, Josh? Good. How are you? Not too bad. Uh, excited to chat with you. I know we're kind of at the end of the school year here, and it's been extremely stressful for all educators. Uh, but I wanted to capture a conversation with you and not really talk about that, but just kind of talk about who you are and your career journey, and you're doing some fun stuff and, and dive into a little bit of personal stuff as well. Uh, but do you remember how we met? It was through Twitter, right? I I believe so. When you were, you know, the, the first interactions I remember having with you is uh, when you were just doing Strive and it was still relatively new. Um, we had you come, I, I'm guessing it was our second ed camp yeah. and had you live stream all the rooms uh, out. That was, uh, I, 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 I think that was even wiki spaces back in the day if we're going old school tech stuff. Um, but we just, you know, embedded YouTube videos and people got to watch from all over the yeah. world. And that was a pretty innovative, innovative time. It's fun to see how, how far things have come since then. I actually was thinking about that, that, you know, you were, we were streaming in EdCamp from Omaha before really anybody was doing something like that at, a, at an EdCamp, at least, obviously yeah. streaming had been around and they were doing that at, at conferences and I know that was one of your babies and in, in building that. And it was fun that we kind of connected on Twitter. We always knew we like wanted to work together and yep. it never kind of worked out. But Ed Camp was that place. And that was a fun, fun time. And I, that's where I really got to just dive in and meet a bunch of educators. I remember kind of meeting Craig Badura for the first time, one of those years yep. and, you know, being on Twitter and interacting with everybody. And that was a lot of fun. You know, I think about, I, I hate, you know, I turned 40 last year. And so, you know, every, there's so much of my career now is in my past. And I find myself reminiscing about the good old days more than what I used to. But, you know, those, those early years, uh, or those years of, of ed camp and, and bringing those people together, those just, I mean, between you and, and just a ton of people, I just got to be such great friends with them. You know, I remember uh, Wadi Pow Pow from Shadron would drive eight hours yes. and hang out for the weekend. I mean, yeah, I remember the, that. People he has like family that. in town. Yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, those kind of stories are, are really what, you know, made me passionate about the, just the community online, you know, in Nebraska. And, and you know, we expanded to the, to the Midwest and, um, just those are those were great times and, and obviously things change, life changes, but it's still nice to be able to call, you know, a lot of those people friends. Absolutely. So I want to take everybody that's watching and listening, probably a lot of friends and connections with you. That's why I do these interviews. It's kind of, hey, here's here's your story, kind of peel back the layers a little bit. Take us through kind of a career journey and what led you into education. I know we talked about this on Instagram Live a couple weeks ago about you know, you actually were going to go this path and, and decided to go into education. Why well, I wanted you to share that story and what what has led you to now being at Lewis Central. Yeah. So um, growing up, my stepmom was a, was a teacher. She still is. She's a counselor now. Um, 
and I really wasn't, I didn't really have a desire to go into education. I saw the number of hours she worked and, um, but I was in a first hour study hall, which I didn't need, but I thought it'd be fun because I liked the teachers and the other people that were in there. And my counselor, high school counselor told me I wasn't allowed to be in there. And she made me be a um, uh, teacher aide in second grade. And nice. I had to help a student uh, type because I, I forget what what condition he had, but he wasn't able to type real well. So um, that that kind of got me hooked and just being able to work with kids and support with kids. So it's kind of ironic then that um, <clears throat> I wanted to go into journalism. I wanted to be a sports writer because I love sports, but I can't play them. So you know, I go through, I, I get an elementary degree, elementary education degree. I start teaching elementary. I get a master's degree right away. And then I realize how impactful technology could be. And so I decide to go get another master's because, hey, why not? Let's get, you know, stay in college for 10 years. And uh, I, got a, I got a job in 2007 to do instructional technology and you know, I, I hate the question, where do you see yourself in five years? And I'm I'm kind of at the point where I'll just answer it however I feel like. And so at that point it was, well, I thought I'd be interviewing for this job in five years. So I don't really know. Um, Cause it was kind of a surprise that the lady had left. She wasn't really, she went to the ESU. So, um, you know, did that in, uh, in that district for a while. And the opportunity opened up here at Lewis Central to be the first one. Um, and I was kind of ready for something different. Um, kind of a starting over, you know, one of the problems that I was running into is it was almost a snowball effect where the ball just kept rolling and rolling and I was really having a hard time stopping it. So this was my opportunity to stop and start over and, and, uh, which was really, it was too bad. Cause I really, the staff, the teachers at, at that district were just amazing and fun to work with, but you know, it's not my plan. It's God's plan. So I end up here at Lewis Central. Uh, the irony is, you know, I wanted to be a, a journalist back in the day. Well, Lewis Central is not big enough for a communications department. So uh, they <laughs> they let me do it and kind of gave me free reign. And so now I get to do the instructional technology piece with another just amazing staff of people who are so willing to try new things and, you know, fail forward and are just great to work with. But in my spare time, I get to do communications and I get to promote all the great things that, you know, people are doing here. Uh, this week I'm working on a story. Our nutrition services uh, department has been handing out meals every Monday and Wednesday since uh, we shut down and they're going to do that through the summer. And so just highlighting the amazing work that they're doing. And it's, you know, I was, I had an off the record conversation with the lady who's kind of been in charge of this, this group. And she grew up in a food insecure home and mm -hmm. relied on food pantries and stuff like that. And uh, it's just, it's amazing to talk with people that have that passion and to be able to tell that story, then it kind of comes full circle to what I originally wanted to do. And so now I get the best of both worlds. Yeah, it's, it's super unique and it's been fun to begin working with you, you know, on the class intercom side to help you execute and get, you know, take that, that, you know, student passion that you have giving students opportunities and kind of merging those together. Um, but I want to go back to tech integration and where those two kind of worlds collided with loving technology and, and education kind of bridging the gap. 
and finding your why, which is something you know Simon Sinek talks about. We talked about that uh, a couple weeks ago. When did when did you kind of know? Hey, this is this is my purpose. This is my place in education, and I want to I want to do this you know long term. Yeah, well, my wife likes to point out that when I was in college in 2000, uh, I didn't know how to make a PowerPoint. Yeah. Uh, I had to have another girl in the group do it because I didn't know what transitions were, and I, I didn't even know how to begin. I didn't have a computer. Um, but it when, when I I was in the cadre master's program at UNO, and um, I, there was two guys there from Dana College that knew iMovie, and so I got to sit and watch them. We had a we had a professor. Or we were taking two classes at the same time. It was tech integration and special ed. So we had to do a presentation on behavior disorders, and we didn't really want to do a presentation. So we asked if we could do one assignment for both classes, and they agreed. Um, so we did a video, uh, wrote it out, acted it. Um, you know, we were we, we did a video over. Part of it was bathroom behavior, and one of our one of our my good friends stormed in, and I had a water gun that pretended I was uh, using it on someone else in the in the bathroom, and uh, that was you know kind of just it, it clicked with me how you could use technology to meet uh, a, a curricular goal. Yeah. Um, so that was that was step one, and then step two, uh, I had a girl in one of my first few years of teaching that really just didn't, she just didn't enjoy school. It wasn't fun for her. You know, she struggled a little bit and we did a, an assignment. So this is like early 2000s. So don't knock this, but you had to take the digital camera and you had to take three pictures of an apple and you had to tell about its characteristics. So that's, that's a science thing. You know, it's it was one we did every year and, so they had to take they had to take the three pictures and they had to put them in a PowerPoint and they had to write out what the characteristic is that was shown in the picture and the pictures were terrible quality, PowerPoints <laughs> were you know red with black text you know it wasn't great. But this girl uh, totally led her group and did everything was a total leader during that during that assignment and that's kind of that was another light bulb about. Um, uh, what what technology can do. So at that point, I had, I'd been out of school uh, out of my first master's for a couple of years. And so I kind of kind of talked to our head of HR at that point. And I was like, I don't I don't know what the next step is. Like what uh, this is. I really want to do this. I don't really know how. And so we kind of talked about the the pros and cons of getting a, a second master's and versus getting like a doctorate. And I don't I don't have any desire to get a doctorate. So um, I went back and got another master's degree in a couple of years and um, happened upon a job. I love that. That's, that's a great story and where that, where that comes from. When it comes to now creating content for Lewis Central, you know, we go back a couple of years ago, I kind of approach you and go, hey, we've got this thing called Class Intercom. It's going to allow you to, to make, you know, get students involved. We found out Students are using these sticky notes to, to hand out username and passwords, and you kind of were like, "Okay, Taylor, like uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of think about this one. I'm not sure I quite catch." catch I didn't the think very yet. hard at first. I yeah, I was not but, a, I was not, I did not, was not the first one on the bandwagon. We'll put it that way. <laughs> well, you you came quick, uh, pretty shortly after that. Yeah. I think. Um, but but that I, I appreciated that too because yeah. you had to kind of think about 
how that was going to look for you at the school district not being in a classroom, right? right. And how, how you were going to engage students. And I think it was that moment where you had this internship program and I wanted you to share that story and how that kind of brought those two worlds together and how you've really ran with that and made a huge impact on students and helping them tell the story of the district uh, with your kind of guidance and the things you've learned. Yeah, we, um, you know, we have a journalism department at that time. It wasn't the teacher who was there wasn't really interested in social media. Um, and so, you know, I didn't really know what we needed to create, but, you know, I was, had, had it was probably about six months after you had first approached me, I was sitting in a meeting and we were just kind of talking about a few different things with some teachers. And uh, one of our business teachers said, well, I'm taking over this class called internship. And internship is basically kids decide what they want to go into and they figure out an internship somewhere in the city. And she said, well, would you be interested in doing one for social media where we would have kids create content? And so then it, it finally clicked like how that could happen and, and how we could give kids a, a rich experience of start to finish, go interview, go create the content, do the editing, do the crafting of the post. And then we can look at uh, data after that to see how well it performed. So, um, you know, we, we had one, uh, the, the first, first opportunity we had a, a young lady who, didn't really have a desire to go into social media. She actually went to college to be an engineer, um, but she really enjoyed writing. And so that was, that was step one. And, and that really, that really opened my eyes uh, to what class intercom could do. Uh, then we had a, a change in our journalism department. We had a, a new uh, teacher who uh, was really adamant about getting uh, kids creating, getting things out on social media, getting things out on the web versus just the paper version. Um, and so it's it's really kind of taken off for there with the with the number of kids that, that we have in there. And now you're teaching. And I've had a chance to come and actually talk to some of your middle school students uh, before we transition to some personal stuff. I just want to, you know, it's, you know how, what did that process look like and how did you decide, hey, I want to get back in the classroom and teach sixth graders? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so to, to kind of back up, you know, Claire, our first intern, uh, it, uh, you know, came to May or whatever. And I was presenting to the school board and one of the school board members goes, well, what are you going to do next year when Claire's gone? I said, I, I don't know. I, yeah. I have no idea. I'll figure something <laughs> out. And uh, so I remember I emailed everybody in the in at the high school, all the students and just said, hey, is anybody interested? And I probably had seven or eight say, yeah, we'd be interested. And, and by the fall, I still had one that was like on board. I was like, all right, whatever. And, uh, you know, the first couple things he sent me weren't all that great. It was okay, but it wasn't great. Um, but uh, he really uh, took off uh, Carter Wells and mm -hmm. uh, just has grown so much in the last two years and has really challenged me to get better <laughs> because there's going to be a drop off because he's graduating now. Right. Um, so then uh, fast forward to this fall, uh, we had a large number of sixth graders come in and we were having, we have exploratory classes, which are, you know, your enrichment or whatever, um, non-core classes. And, uh, they were they were they were having classes of like 36 kids 36 sixth graders and so 
trying to think about how do we how do we build like not a succession plan but you know build up some of these kids so that you know that there's going to be more kids at the high school that that can do what Carter does and is interested like he is um, but how do we start building that now and getting them excited so it's a it's an easier transition than what it's going to be right now and uh, so I you know I have an Iowa teaching license I can teach up to sixth grade and so I I offered my services for um, two month or two trimesters we're on a trimester schedule and you know unfortunately it got cut a little short due to due to all this COVID stuff but uh, it was just it was a blast it's it's always been the one thing I miss as kids and having those daily interactions and so to be able to experience that for a little while. Uh, has been great. And then now when I see those kids out, you know, you, you have more of a connection with them and, and they understand like they crafted posts for well, essential social media and yeah, your post got 400 views yesterday in our Instagram stories, which is an astronomical percentage for any brand, let alone a school brand. So, uh, you know, it's too bad. It's not going to work out next year, uh, due to some other circumstances, but, um, you know, hopefully that's something I can do every now and then. Yeah, I mean, it's just like sports programs, right? Uh, trying to build build some of the youth to get yep. them ready to to be able to execute, and and they've gotten those repetitions early on. So I think it's a great great roadmap and a great example. I appreciate you trying that, and I know you would text and email and go, "Hey, I've got something for this week," but hey what could we be doing next week? And it was fun to come and visit and interact with some of the students. They've got a lot of energy, right? And oh, yeah. it's, it's trying to, to package that up and get them to understand what it looks like to create purposeful, meaningful content, which is what we talk all about right. uh, at Class Intercom. So yep. kudos to you. Uh, love that and love that you kind of stepped out of your, not your comfort zone, but just kind of went, hey, I'm, I'll take this on and uh, hopefully that produces some fruit later on. So. It's, you know, it's different. I, I have not had a, like a, I have not had to go by a bell schedule in <laughs> 12 years. Right. And so to, to get back into that and, uh, you know, first trimester, I didn't submit my grades right. And so I got called down by the secretary. <laughs> I thought you knew how to run technology. And I said, I don't know what I'm doing. I thought I, I even read the directions. I thought I did. I thought I did it right. She's like, well, I'm glad I could teach you something finally. So yeah, it was, it's a blast. Kids are amazing. Well, you're making a big impact and that's, that's part of the mission with what we've done with Strive and and now with, with Class Intercom is giving students that real world opportunity. And I'm going to flip the script here a little bit because I want to transition into what you've done with your own kids and your family. I just was listening to your last uh, episode you started a podcast. You took yep. you know something that you're passionate about and creating podcasts. You did that with Dads and Ed for years and years. You can give that a, a little bit of a shout out. You had to kind of close that out. And you're like, hey, what could I do next? And you looked at your family and you go, hey, we like this one thing we're passionate about. We like talking about it. Let's record it. And I can teach my kids how to be content creators. And I love it. Like I, I just got goosebumps listening to it. And the ability that they're going to have to go look back at that and go, look what we made with our dad. Yeah. Like, how cool is that? And so I want you to share about the podcast, how it came about, coming up on a year of doing it, and yeah. what it's done for you as a dad. Yeah. Um, podcasting. I've done podcasting forever. I did it in the classroom. We actually, 
2004, 2005, we did the La Vista West news and the uh, kids read the announcements and we uploaded it to iTunes. And uh, I don't think anybody listened, but the kids had a great time recording themselves and practicing reading fluency. And so I've always had this, this passion for the audio side of it. Um, and then, uh, yeah, a number of years ago, I don't even know, 2010 maybe, uh, we started Dads and Ed. Uh, Brent Catlett and Devin Schoening and I, Brent and I at the time were on the NIDA board together. And so we would ride to different um, events and we would just have these great conversations. And uh, he was having different conversations with Devin, but kind of around the same topics. And Devin and I knew each other. We had actually gotten told we were presenting together on social media, probably early, like 2008, 2009. And, and um, so we decided to turn it into a podcast and, uh, we did Dads and Ed for a number of years, um, six six years, I think. So maybe it was like 2012, I guess. Um, and it was just a it was just a great time to. It was a good excuse for the three of us to get together uh, every two weeks, uh, and then bring in some of our friends from around the country that you know really could talk about education and, and what it's like being a dad and, and mom. I mean, we had some uh, a number of females on. Um, but just like, we really just love those conversations and that time together. And, uh, Devin and I have turned well, and, and Brent joined us for a year, but we've turned it into a, uh, in-person presentation at a, at a conference at both the Iowa and Nebraska tech conferences. And we fill the room. There's 40, 50, 60 people in the room just to have these conversations, what it's like to be a parent in today's society. And, uh, so uh, Brent had to leave, uh, because of a job and Devin and I carried on for about another year. And it just kind of got to the point that, um, it was just the planning that kind of wore on us. We really enjoyed that time together, but to sit down and write good questions, uh, that was kind of starting to slip a little bit. We were getting a little, uh, we we're just ready for a different challenge. Uh, we mm -hmm. still, I mean, obviously I still talk to Devin and Brent all the time. It's nothing like that. We've kind of made a joke about it. We actually had Brent come back for the last show, which was fun. That um, was cool. And, but uh, you know, it just, it was, you know, kind of like with Ed camp, like it was just time for something different. And uh, so last year, uh, as my kids were getting ready for summer, I kind of challenged them to um, do this writing thing, just a, a writing enrichment where we're going to talk about Oreos. Uh, we actually, I wanted to do it about Pop-Tarts and my wife, and like the kids got all excited. My wife goes, they don't like Pop-Tarts. <laughs> How terrible of a dad am I? Uh, so we kind of branched out, you know, started thinking about what else we could do. And uh, so we landed on Oreos. It's one of our favorite cookies. Uh, problem we're running into is there's only so many flavors of Oreos you can get your hands on. And uh, so it, we, we used to do it once a week. And we kind of, we, we've been slipping lately. Uh, it's we'll, we'll go an extended period without one, but we still, we still swing through the cookie aisle every now and then and, and uh, look at one. So, yeah, I think we just, uh, I think 26. We just Tara, I think you're 29. 29. <laughs> well, yeah. Tiramisu. I just listened to the Tiramisu one. Yeah. Um, yeah so we, fun. Have our, we have a, cabinet in our house that's right now it has four different flavors of oreos in it uh one is the tiramisu one is this is this is where we're at in our in our lives 
Uh, one is dark chocolate because I forgot that we had done dark chocolate. Right. And my wife bought lemon because she didn't know that we did an episode on lemon. Uh, <laughs> and we do have one more that we need to, we need to record. So uh, it's just been, it's been fun just to, you know, have conversations about the kids. They're hilarious. We don't script it. I mean, if you listen to dads and ed, you realize we don't really script anything, but uh, we don't, we don't do that with Oreos. I mean, we have kind of, you know, we have a fact of the show, which I make the kids look up and they have to, we do some brainstorming about what the fact of the show could be. So, you know, we, I have a, a lady I used to work with that now works for a company, I think it's called Grapeseed. And so she travels the world uh, for education stuff. And she found some in Uganda that she sent us. And uh, so we got to oh, do wow. an episode on, uh, I think it was blueberry ice cream or uh, blueberry something. And uh, so we got to, we had great conversations just about the differences in flavors. And so the fact that the show is about Uganda. And uh, so it's been fun. I finally convinced my son to do some of the editing. And okay. we I was going to ask about that process and who who's helping put it yeah. together. So we, uh, we kind of all sat down together. Um, we actually just got um, like the intro and outro music from YouTube's audio library, which is a favorite of mine for copyright mm -hmm. music. Um, but we sat down and did that together. And then we used Soundtrap to edit, uh, which is uh, online. It's, it's actually owned by Spotify, uh, but it's like yep. a rock band online. Uh, it's, I love it. And uh, so the, the kids, you know, we, we set everything up, but now I have my son uh, he will upload We're I mean, we're still working through and you know, we do it together, but he uploads. Yeah. All you gotta do is move things around make sure it's in the right spot. And then, uh, we walk through publishing and we kind of think about what we want to say. And, uh, we do have an Instagram account that we don't use too often, but, um, my daughter and I will go through like how we can take pictures of the Oreos. Uh, we didn't do one for Tierra Masu cause I don't really know what to do. <laughs> so, as they've gotten more complicated, it's been harder to figure out media to go with it. But we, we yeah. got one in mind for peanut butter. So uh, hopefully when we whenever we get that recorded, we can get that out. And you're using Anchor then to, to push that out, right? Yep. Yep. So we actually just record. Honestly, uh, I take my iPhone and I uh, set it. In the, we sit in a circle on the floor and I've learned that I have to put it uh we always sit. I didn't realize this till just now. And I was thinking about this. We always sit in the same spots. So nice. my two oldest are on the side of me and my youngest is across from me. I don't know why yeah. <laughs> that's our assigned seats, I guess. So I, I have the phone like closest to my youngest daughter because she talks the quietest and it still picks the rest of us up. Well, so we use voice memos on our phone and then I nice. edit and sound trap and then uh, upload to anchor. If Soundtrap um, and Anchor, which are both owned by Spotify, could get me a little right. connection to publish right over, that would be awesome. I know. I'm, I'm surprised they haven't. I'm sure it's coming. Cool. Yeah. What a what a great. It's inspired me to to think about you know my own kids when because they're wanting to do video and they've grabbed my camera and yeah. taken photos. They've used you know Splice to put some stuff together and just a great way to connect with them. And, you know, something we do for a living is create content and we want to pass that down just like, you know, anything else. Well, and I'll say my son has, you know, I, he, he's doing a little bit of the audio, but um, he's really kind of embraced the video uh, piece of it. And 
<clears throat> the last couple of years we've been we've really spent every Friday home home Friday night on the sidelines of a football game and he really like he's carrying my stuff but he loves being on the sidelines um and so this year he's getting into more video recording and cool. so you know his teachers did a, a did a parade uh, the teachers at their school did a, a staff parade so we have I had my two GoPros at home because I was you know during this closure you know, kind of getting ready for if I need them, I can charge them up and all that. And uh, so he took those two plus one plus a GoPro he had gotten from his uncle. So we have three GoPros in our room in our yard that are recording this parade. And then he uh, used iMovie. We sat down and we talked what iMovie was, and uh, we he, he edited uh, a video and wow. put it together and uh, sent it to the school. We put it in YouTube and sent it to the school, and they promoted it out. And then um, when we did a video for Lewis Central social media, when we closed for the year and okay. he did all the, I, not many people know this. He did all the video recording for it uh, because wow. what we did, we drove around the kind of our community. And uh, so he's sitting, he's sitting in the driver's seat with my Osmo mobile and my phone as I'm trying to drive slowly and, um, <laughs> So he thought, I mean, he thinks that's pretty cool. 7,000 people uh, saw his video. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, he's he's kind of taken an interest into that. He loves drones. Uh, he's still trying to convince us to spend $700 on a Mavic. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he hasn't convinced his mom of that yet. I, right. I feel like I should just get one for work. And, yeah, you know, justify that. <laughs> Come on, Dad. Still working on it. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. I love it. I love that so much. And uh, those are the moments your kids will remember for a lifetime and they can look back and, you know, share that with their kids. So yep. really cool. All right. As we as we kind of wrap up the conversation, I've always been intrigued with uh, who you follow in baseball. And I yep. wanted to ask you, where does your love for baseball come from? And how did you become a fan of the Cleveland Indians growing up in Nebraska. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have my, I have my uh, Cleveland Indians uh, lanyard back there. Uh, I, uh, so I, I grew up in the nineties. Um, I have always hated with a passion, the Cubs. Um, I don't know why I just, that was like the only thing on that we had. I wasn't really a Braves fan and, and so every now and then WGM would play White Sox games and it, the Royals weren't that good, even though my one of my grandpas was kind of a big Royals fan. And and I should point out now that I now that I see this, I want to just say I do have uh, this is the Alec. OK, this is a podcast, so nobody sees this. Never mind. This is the uh, Alec no, no, we're, Gordon. they're going to see this on YouTube. Oh, OK, good. Alex Gordon Garden yeah. Gnome. Uh, I got that at a, at a taste <laughs> game. Um, and uh, I got Mike Jersley's bobblehead back here, too. So we'll bring Jersley out, third base coach. Not so anyway. probably a lot of people have that. No. Um, <laughs> those, are, those are fun stories for another time. But anyway, um, so I just, you know, they were good in the 90s. I just kind of fell in love with them. When I went to college, there was another guy who – um, was was into the Indians. I remember, oh man, it would have probably been 98. We literally, we had Sports Illustrated. We memorized the starting lineup and we would quiz <laughs> each other on it. 
like who, which, which position they played and what order they batted in. And uh, so I just kind of, I just kind of always fell in love with them. Um, I actually did work for the Royals for a little bit uh, when they were at Rose or the, the Omaha Royals when they were at yeah. Rosenblatt. And those were the years of Gordon and all those guys that ended up winning the, the world series championship. So, um, uh, you know, that, that was fun uh, to, to kind of watch and, and, uh, go with that. I, you know, am I a diehard one? No. Um, but I, that's, that's what I turn on. That's, that's who I turn on for the most part when, it, you know, whenever there is baseball. Um, so yeah, it's just been, it's been a little bit different. You know, it's, it's a little bit harder. I, I get, I'm not, not to get political. I don't like the chief Wahoo, uh, logo. So that has kind of soured me a little bit. And when you don't have that like local attachment, it's a little bit easier not to, yeah. Not or to to strain away, but um, it is fun. I I enjoy the team. I enjoy this. I've been to one or two games there. Um, okay, so it's you know that's just kind of who I who I root for. Something different. Our yeah, uh, our neighbor was really disappointed when we moved into our house ten years ago. I had an Indian shirt on or something like that, and he was he comes like running over like, oh, are you from Ohio? <laughs> no, from like 10 minutes away he goes oh i'm actually from cleveland uh oh no like, way sorry bud but we can still talk yeah. about it i can still yeah have <laughs> yeah it's super unique to, i love asking people you know the teams if they've got their gear or whatever like how did how did you fall in love with that team or you know and have you been loyal to that team yeah. or have you you know jumped around and things like that so i always find that fascinating yeah no, I, I, for whatever reason, it just kind of, it just kind of clicked. It was kind of my thing. I'm, you know, I t- tend to not go with the popular opinion anyway. I was just uh, going to say that. I was just going to say that. <laughs> so that, that just fits your personality. It, yeah. I mean, it's, it's been fine. It, you know, it's been the, you know, the fun part is now that they've started being good again, I, my brother-in-law <laughs> and my nephew are like diehard Cubs fans and, and have been forever. And, their fandom makes a lot more sense than mine does, but it's been great to like banter back and forth with my 10 year old nephew. And, you know, it was the night. Uh, so whatever year that was 2016, 17, when they were in the world series against the Cubs, the night of, I think it was game five and the Indians are up three to one. We had a, I think it was that night. Uh, we had a birthday party for my daughter and my, uh, my nephew was over and they're, they're getting ready to leave. To, and the, you know, the game starts that night. And I said, Hey, I, I don't hope you cry too much tonight. My, <laughs> my nephew shoots back. I'll be crying tears of joy. And, uh, <laughs> you know, sure enough, they, they Indians blow it in seven and it's another heartbreak. I saw the other night on MLB, they were redoing the 97 world series, which again, the Indians lost in, six or seven games. I don't remember now, but it's like, oh, yeah. do that. Yeah. That one. Yeah. I don't want to bring that back up. No. Awesome. I love it. Well, thanks Josh. How can people connect with you? I know you're pretty active on social and uh, I'll put that in the, in the show notes here on YouTube and I'll put this on as a podcast as well. I'll also link uh, to the Oreos, Oreo yeah. stuff. Is it Oreo stuff or Oreos, Oreo stuff with one F. Oreo stuff with one F uh, stuff kind of refers to whatever's in the middle. Um, so 
Uh, Twitter, J underscore Allen. I've been there since like 2007. So that's kind of a, a, a place I'm always at. Uh, Instagram, uh, Josh Allen 402, 402. Um, kind of the, the work-related Instagram account. Probably, uh, I do love Instagram. It's been a lot of fun. I enjoy trying to be creative with that and do some different things. So uh, those are the, the two best places to find me. Awesome. Well, keep up the great work, Josh. Um, glad we're friends. I'm glad, you know, God brought us together uh, as brothers and uh, be able to work together and also get to know each other on a personal level. And so thank you for the conversation. Thank you guys for watching. I hope you found value in this and appreciate you guys watching another episode of Taylor Talks here today with Josh Allen. Have a great day. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, Taylor.